This is the Berg's Eye View Podcast. I'm John David Bennett. This month, I talked to another Mercersburg graduate whose life and work have made a significant difference in the lives of others, Denise Edwards, class of 1976. Denise is a longtime teacher, principal, and mentor for those just entering the education profession. In our conversation, she talks about the profile of a thriving 21st century teacher, about people at Mercersburg who had a profound impact on her during her time at the academy, and her advice for anyone who thinks they'd like to be a teacher. I'm hitting record okay. right now. Okay. And I need to push continue. Yeah. Yeah. Do you see recording on your side? Yes. I already. Fantastic. My button. Fantastic. All right. So here we go. Uh, as someone who prepares teachers for an increasingly complex educational landscape, uh, what are the fundamental pr- principles that you feel you need to impart before a teacher enters their career? Um, there are a couple of things. Number one, you must have a passion for children. If you don't have a passion for children, you do not need to be in the field of education. You need to be a lifelong learner because in education, things keep changing. Even at this point with the number of years that I've put in 40 some years, I'm still learning. I'm still learning new strategies and you know, I'm still learning, I'm learning everything because education is always changing. So therefore in order to be a lifelong learner, you have to be flexible. Yeah, and it's changing faster than it ever has. Yeah, it's right. and it keeps changing. Mm-hmm. Just look at the pandemic and how everybody's had to change. The teachers have had to change their way of teaching. And for those who are not technologically savvy, all of a sudden now you have to become somewhat savvy with technology. So you have to be able to be flexible and be the lifelong learner. And I think another point to put in here is that you're not a soloist. You're not an island. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're willing to work with the team and not just uh, when you all meet together, but even before you meet together. Oh, if you have an idea, go bounce it off of somebody else. You have to be able to work and be collaborative. I was going to say that the last pr- fundamental principle is this, and I pose this to my student teachers every year to determine whether or not you really have a passion for education. Would you do this job if they said, we're sorry, but we can't pay you. We can't pay teachers anymore. Would you still teach? Would you still do this job? If you can say yes, then you're in the right area. Or if you had to take a cut and pay, would you be willing to take that cut and pay in order to keep your job? Um, And I've always lived by that premise. Yes, I would do this. That's how you know. And I think it goes back to, you have a passion for children and seeing them succeed and helping them be successful. The thought you had about how you can't be an island, you know, I wonder with all the horrors of the pandemic, but that the pandemic and what we've had to learn how to do in order to communicate has in some ways made that easier. Um, yes and no. Okay. A, and, it, and it has, yes, because you're all by yourself. But if you're doing it correctly, you are still collaborating with mm-hmm. your team members on a regular basis, weekly basis. I know of teachers who have gotten together. They are meeting at least once a week to plan, to virtually? make sure that they have it virtually. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And, and so, yes and no. Yes, because yes, you're all by yourself doing this thing. But no, because most of us 
Most teachers don't know everything or can, or can do everything all by themselves. You've got to get help. Right. So, and, and even for, and again, I'm going back to my student teachers. They are relied upon each other for how, okay, what platform did I need, do I need to use for this? How can I still check for understanding? And they're using the different platforms, you know, whether it's Padlet or Quizlet or mm-hmm. whatever they can be. So I think it all depends. Yes, right. you can. Soloist, yes, you are, but you're not an island. They're, you know, a lot of our teachers have. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, a, yeah, a lot of our teachers have uh, even discovered that maybe if I reach out to the world's expert in something, they might talk mm-hmm. to me and talk mm-hmm. to my kids on Zoom. And it's been incredible who our, who our teachers have found who have donated their right. time from you know, exactly. a thousand miles away. It's been incredible. All right. Exactly. And I've also um, been in contact with other universities, believe it or not, by Zoom. I've been a guest lecturer for them. So those teachers are using, you know, we're using others. We're reaching out. I reach out. I've had guest speakers every month, I believe, with my student teachers. Because there are some of those who are experts out there that are much better than me. It's so easy now. Just turn off one tab and open another and they're in your classroom. It's awesome. That's right. All right. Exactly. Were there teachers at Mercersburg who influenced you as an educator? There were. I was really thinking kind of hard last night at first because I was like, who really influenced me? But I came up with four names. One was, and I can't remember his first name because I think I'm getting them mixed up with a, with a singer, uh, but it's Mr. Hammond. He was a Spanish teacher. He always made class so interesting and just relaxed. You had fun when you went into his class uh, uh, classroom. And he always had joke, carefree type of person. And I was like, you know, when I get to be a teacher, because I've always wanted to be a teacher. I wanted to be in education from day one when I went to first grade. I wanted to be like him. So he's one that I looked up to and I admired. Then there was um, Mr. Carl Reisner and his wife. Just wonderful. There was just something about him I enjoyed when we'd have, um, you know, we were at the tables and just listening to him talk. And I think that's where I got a love for baseball in there too. Yeah, yeah. I I was the head softball coach for years. And so we, we shared a lot of bus time. Um, uh-huh. Baseball and softball would play at the same place at the same time. Amazing guy, incredible mentor. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly. Um, and this person, it was Coach Barry. He was um, the swim coach at the time when I was there. He and his wife, let me tell you how they supported me so much. And they supported me more so after I left. But my last summer there after I graduated, I was uh, working at the swim camp and I was very happy because, you know, you needed money to get into school. I was getting ready to go away to college and so forth. But um, he and his wife, especially his wife, Susie, took an interest in me. Um, and when I got ready to leave Mercersburg and I was going back home to D.C. just for a couple of weeks before I would go off to college. And they said, if you ever need anything, let us know. You know, people say that but you don't really expect them later on to follow through. And I was like, okay, okay. And I was one of those people, I had made it on my own pretty much up until then, I was gonna continue, I was gonna make it. Well, I ended up going to college, uh, ended up on the college campus and I did not have all my money that I needed. Now, back in that day, 
44, 45 years ago, tuition was for me was only $1,000 a quarter, which we say now, oh, that's nothing. But that was a lot when you're on your own. And besides the Pell Grants or whatever, I was coming up short and I was gonna have to go home. And I was like, I, there was nobody that I could call. They kept ringing in my mind, in my head. So I said, let me just give a call. I gave a call to his wife and she asked how much I needed. And I told her that I could get by with such and She said, well, what about for books? I said, well, I think I can get my books. You know, I can get vouchers or whatever. And she said, no, you're gonna need a little bit more than that. You're not gonna make it. They sent me what I needed so that I could start my first quarter in college. And I will never, ever forget that because if it wasn't for them, I don't know. I would have probably had gone home. I don't know what all, what my other plans would have been at that particular time. Um, And I lost contact with them. In fact, I've lost contact with everybody somewhere along the way. But this is the one person that I'm getting ready to tell you that made a big impact on me. And that was the headmaster at the time, Walter Bergen. You know, when you're coming and you're a minority and you come to Mercersburg, it was, it, it, was, it was a change. It was a bit traumatic or whatever, but I was more on the quiet side. So you really didn't see nor hear from me a whole lot because um, I kept a lot of things to myself. But I remember at the end of my first year at Mercersburg, I'm at home for the summer and I get this letter and it's a letter from we call him Wally, from Wally, from Mr. Bergen. And I still have it to this day. I still have it, and I can go pull it out right now if I needed to. And the words that he wrote to me were of such an encouragement that it kept me going. I didn't want to get into any trouble. I wanted to try to make the, to get the best grades that I could get because he believed in me. He believed that Although I was quiet, he knew that I was going to be able to do something, that I was going to do something and I was going to be successful. He is the one. And the fact that whenever I would come back, he knew my name, you know, he knew my face. He remembered me. And that says a lot, even in the education field, when I have students who come back now and say, because the other day I was in the grocery store, you know, we have our mask on. And this student stopped me in the middle of the floor. Mrs. Edwards? I said, yes. He said, I know you don't remember me, but you were my principal. And I used to get in trouble. He gave me his name and I said, okay, I remember you now. You know, he said, but I, I used to get into so much trouble, but you showed that you cared. And for that, this is what I'm doing now. And he's successful, very successful, da, 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 da. But it's that sort of thing, the relationship that I had. And even though we did, Mr. Bergen and I, we didn't sit down and chit chat, but there was something about him and something about that letter that he wrote. I'm telling you to this day, I go back and I read it every so often because it has given me that encouragement that I needed to keep going and to make something of myself so that I could, once uh, one day, Mercersburg could say, oh, she represented Mercersburg well. With recent advances in our understanding of effective teaching and learning, um, what is the profile, in your opinion, of a thriving professional 21st century teacher? I need 
you need someone, the person needs to be um, diverse or accept diversity, embrace diversity, because it's out there and it's not gonna go away. In fact, I think it's just gonna become more and more. And again, it goes back to what I also said about loving children, having a passion, loving children, shows passion for education. You're not just doing this as a second calling because it's something to fall back on. Oh, because of what you went to school for, for your degree, that didn't work, so let me try education. It's not a nine to five job or an eight to four job. It is one of those jobs where you're willing to give all you can and go even beyond. But I think this is probably one of the biggest attributes um, that is needed that your commute, that the person is community oriented, not just in your classroom, but you volunteer to do things in your community, whether it's working, working at the soup bank, being an active member of social justice uh, and participating in various things. Uh, you're out there in the community doing things with parents. What is the parent engagement, family engagement, um, not just in your classroom, but what are you doing outside that realm? Yes, it can even be volunteering at your uh, church or wherever to work with students, working in an after-school something, but they, I think being community oriented is extremely important right now. So the main attributes or the main profile of a 21st century teacher, technology, of course, be uh, very familiar with that. Open-minded, a risk taker, embracing diversity, loves children, shows passion for education, is collaborative and community oriented. If you have all those, I'll hire you in a heartbeat. <laughs> so when, when you were a teacher and a principal, uh, what were some of the nuanced lessons, the day-to-day -day wisdom that you picked up? You okay. pass along the new educators. This is the fun stuff. <laughs> Number one, don't sweat the small stuff. Because things are always changing, you know what, you just go ahead, roll with the punches. Yes, you might have your lesson all planned out for the day and the principal or somebody says, or something happens that messes it up. Okay, just go ahead and go along with it. You might come to school as I did one day, got there early. All of a sudden, our school, the only school in the district, no lights. No electricity, nothing. And you know, and the teachers are coming in, but I had planned this. I, I said, remember, always have a plan A, B, C, and maybe even D, because anything can happen. Your the Wi-Fi can go out and you'll have no internet for the day. Does that mean you're not going to teach? Okay, what are you going to do? Have your plan, but don't sweat the small stuff when those things happen. It's not worth it. It's just go ahead and smile. Okay, let's see how we can make this work. Um, and I don't think we had electricity for at least two or three hours. But, you know, we're in Cal sunny California. So you take the kids outside, take the chairs out, open up the doors, let the light in, and you just have whatever lessons you can come up with, you know, that you can, your lessons, you just change it however you need to on the spur of the moment. It's cool. Don't sweat the small stuff. That was Denise Edwards, class of 1976. 
Special thanks to Jason Brashatsky and Megan Mallory for their help with producing this podcast. And thank you to Brian Morgan, class of 2007, and Maddie Norris, class of 2021, for writing and recording the theme music. If you have a classmate who's making a difference, and you'd like to nominate them for an appearance on Berg's Eye View, send an email to alumni at mercersburg.edu.